is that consistently what we're singing does honor the Word of God, is true to the standard of Scripture. We're not singing things that are not true. And so that ought to be the standard for, for every church, that what we're singing must be true. And if it's not, then we ought not to sing it. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Thanks for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast, a podcast designed to answer challenging questions on doctrine and on living out the Christian faith in your homes, churches, and workplaces. I'm your host, Josh Philpot, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor Richard Caldwell of Founders Baptist Church. Now, once again, we'd love to hear from you as we sort through these questions. If you're watching from YouTube or Facebook, just leave us a comment below the video. But you can also send in questions at our website, straighttruth.net. And there you can find links to all of our previous episodes, as well as merchandise and contact information. If you'd like to support Straight Truth financially, again, visit the website to learn how. With that, let's get to the question for this episode. Well, Pastor, our next question is about music in the church. And, and, and specifically, should a church sing music or sing songs, hymns, written by those we disagree with. So for example, should we sing songs that are true theologically, but written and recorded by people who have maybe drifted from the core principles of the faith, or maybe they espouse a truncated view of the gospel, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Should, we, should we sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs from questionable sources? Yeah, I just think we have to always remind ourselves of what the standard is for our singing, which is truth, and what is ultimately the source for all of our singing, which is the Word of God. And the real measure of everything we sing is not, uh, I mean, outside of Scripture, is not necessarily the author, the arranger of what it is that we sing, but it's measured by Scripture itself. And we sing a whole host of things, I'm sure, in our hymn books and other places from people that if we dig down and and discover everything that was true about their life, Mm -hmm. we're going to find something we disagree with. I I think what we do, where this does become a matter of wisdom, and I think this is true not just with singing, this is true, I run into this with recommending books. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's some subject uh, that someone has written about, I disagree with them on some pretty significant things sometimes in another realm, but in this specific area, I think what they've written might be helpful to someone. Mm -hmm. Do I recommend that book or not? One of the questions that I ask myself is, is this going to become a gateway for the person I'm giving it to into something that's going to hurt them? So if that's the case, I won't recommend such a book. Even even though I've read it and it's, it's benefited me in one area or another, if I think it's gonna help, if it's going to lead to someone going further into some areas that they've taught on that I think will be hurtful to the person, then I don't want to do it. If I can find something that teaches the same truth, but it's from someone who is solid, considered as a whole, they're they're a solid source, I'd much rather recommend the solid source on the same subject. Mm -hmm. So I think the same standard could be applied to what we sing. If there's a a great song, but the whole body of work by the person who wrote that song is unsound, if it might turn out to be a gateway for the, the singer to end up in some places theologically we don't want them to be, then I don't want to do that. But if that's not the case, if, if we can sing that song and the song is true and beautiful and well-arranged, 
then let's do it. So that, that's, that's the way I process that. I, I think if we were to dig down into every song we sing mm -hmm. in terms of everyone who wrote it or arranged it, we might find ourselves just singing the Psalms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, even there, you might even run into a problem. So how many of the, um, you wouldn't follow the life of, of David specifically or endorse right. everything that right. David has done. And because he committed adultery, should we sing one of the songs that he has penned or sure. Moses even in that regard, Psalm 90. And what makes that different, as you know, Josh, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but what makes that different is those are inspired exactly. words. Yep. And, yep. and what we sing outside of scripture is not inspired. So we, you know, we just, we have to use good judgment. But again, I don't think the standard for what we sing is the perfection of the right. person who wrote it or arranged it. So I have two follow-ups. One is, is about context. How much does context play into the, the decisions about these songs? Because it's one thing to sing this song in your in your car, right. or you're listening to the Spotify station. That that's just a uh, plethora of different types of worship songs. And here comes a song that you tend to like. But then, in the context of a church and a worship service, how much does that play into these choices? I think it does. I mean, uh, I haven't I haven't given much thought as to you know percentage wise or how how different this is. But but definitely, what we do in the church, everything we do in the Lord's church is a teaching moment. What takes place in my car has more to do with my own walk with God, and my own my own uh, understanding as a, as a believer, whether it's mature or immature. But what happens in the church is is um, it's a teaching moment, and how can I say this? It's something that we're going to give an account for to God with respect to more than just myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so individual accountability versus corporate accountability or an accountability that belongs to me as an individual in the corporate realm. There's a difference there. So I just want to be very, very careful in the public realm, in the corporate worship realm with what I do, and to make sure that it's regulated by the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And we've spent many years teaching the congregation that very thing, right? right. You, you've spent decades teaching right. the congregation that it is the lyrical content married with beautiful melodies, of course, but that's paramount, right? No that's doubt about it, over and, over and it's one of the things I appreciate about your ministry here at Founders is, is you're very careful about that. What a joy it is, you know, to know when I'm preaching on Sunday, I, I'm not sitting there listening to a singing worried, concerned about what it is that we're singing. I mean, I'm paying attention, but that's my point, is that consistently what we're singing does honor the Word of God, is true to the standard of Scripture, we're not singing things that are not true. And so that ought to be the standard for, for every church, that what we're singing must be true. And if it's not, then we ought not to sing it. So um, kind of an attendant question with this is, is about edification and distraction. So would you say that edification in, in the context of church singing and, and, and maybe worship services in general should involve minimizing distractions at all costs? And at what point maybe would a worship leader or somebody who chooses the songs maybe cross that line and mm. go too far in terms of minimizing distraction? Yeah, give me some examples of what you have in mind. Well, I would say um, just maybe one. If it, th there is an association uh, one makes with choosing a song mm -hmm. written by maybe a questionable source. Yeah, yeah. Let's just take a couple hymns, for example. It Is Well With My Soul is a, is a great well-known hymn people have sung for generations right. and generations, but it was written by Horatio Spafford, who, who went on to deny key orthodoxy, mm. essentially. Another song, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, written by Robert Robinson, 
uh, who also eventually, uh, at the end of his life, uh, denied many of the core doctrines of the faith. So um, is it edifying if I have, let's say, four or five hymns and songs in a one service that are by questionable sources like that who maybe at the end of their life right. um, have denied key doctrines? Or um, because it's in the context of a local church, because these songs teach truth, as you just said, mm-hmm. that, it's, that it's okay. They are edifying. And, and they aren't distracting. Yeah, I think it's where what I talked about earlier. Wisdom comes into play. Uh, if our, if let's say we were doing some sort of conference, and you had done a session that that explained some of the sources of the music that we that we sing. Now the whole congregation understands the story of it is well with my soul, right. or come thou found of every blessing. Now it might not be the most edifying song to sing come <laughs> Sunday, because as we sing that, that's what's in well, our you're mind. Thinking about it. Yeah, we're thinking about it. So I do think, I think wisdom, you know, you often hear me say this, Josh, to our church, you cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Hmm. There, there are matters of judgment that come into play all of the time. And it really does, for all of us, come down to mature decisions, well-informed decisions that take a whole host of things into account. So I don't know that I can, can give a, you know, a quick and ready final answer to that question. I would just say you have to use good judgment. If your congregation has no idea about the history of the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, if you believe it is full of truth, mm-hmm. then it could be edifying come Sunday. But if you've taught the congregation the story of these psalms and the, uh, these, these uh, hymns, and they understand the background of that particular hymn, and you know that as they sing it, this is what is going to be in the, no, Choose another song. Choose another <laughs> hymn for this Sunday, because that's not going to be the most edifying song for us to sing. Mm-hmm. So these 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 do uh, often come down to to judgment calls that need to be informed with what's best for the Lord's church. Mm-hmm. But the standard, the source for all that we do in singing is truth, as it is revealed in the Word of God. That's the standard. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. And we'd love for you to share this episode with other friends and family. And the easiest way to do that is by going to our website, straighttruth.net. And there you can find links to all of our social media channels. So be sure to like and subscribe to one of those channels and pass it along. And do us a favor and go to the iTunes podcast section and leave us a review. And that will help us spread the word about this podcast to more and more people. And we need your support. So if you'd like to learn how to help us to continue to produce this podcast, you can do that again from our website, straighttruth.net. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.